You're listening to Table Talks from Orange United Methodist Church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. This is where we sit down together and talk about matters of faith, family, and anything else we can think about. This week we have Pastors Adam and Corey sit down and talk about prayer lives. They give us some great advice and resources for establishing a good prayer habit. So sit back and enjoy this week's Table Talks. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, one of the pastors here at Orange United Methodist Church. And I'm Pastor Corey, the associate minister here. We decided we wanted to come together and begin in this time of social distancing to begin to talk about some of the ways that we live out our spiritual lives. We're really excited to have an opportunity to talk to you about uh, several spiritual disciplines in the coming weeks. We're actually doing a Bible study right now called The Walk uh, by Pastor Adam Hamilton out of Church of the Resurrection. And our first week we did was prayer. And we thought it might be really fitting now that lots of folks have a little bit more capacity at home uh, to think through how they might participate more deeply into practices like prayer uh, and so forth. Yeah, we recognize that in the midst of this crazy time that we're in, uh, we don't have a lot of the extracurricular activities that we used to be a part of. People don't have as much traffic to have to drive through. And so we have maybe a little bit more time on our hands. And what a perfect time in the midst of this crisis uh, to begin to focus on our walk with Christ. And so uh, we thought this would be a great opportunity to just share about our own prayer life, how we got to where we are, and maybe offer some tips and recommendations of resources that you might be able to utilize to help improve and strengthen your prayer life. And so as we do share more about our own prayer lives and how maybe you can implement some of those practices, we do want to share some resources that have been meaningful to us and have guided us along the way. And the first one I want to share is a book called Gorillas of Grace by Reverend Ted Loader. He's a United Methodist retired pastor. And these are wonderful, more poetic uh, prayers. And I wanted to use one to open us in this time. So if you would just take a deep breath, a moment, and let us open with a word of prayer. Oh God, I come to you now as a child to my mother, out of the cold which numbs into the warm who cares. Listen to me inside, under my words, where the shivering is, in the fears which freeze my living, in the angers which chafe my attending, in the doubts which chill my hoping, in the events which shrivel my thinking in the pretenses which stiffen my loving. Listen to me, Lord, as a mother, and hold me warm, and forgive me. Soften my experiences into wisdom, my pride into acceptance, my longing into trust, and soften me into love, and to others, and to you. Amen. Amen. So, Pastor Adam, what does your prayer life look like? Well, my prayer life is something that I have to be very intentional about because uh, our lives get to be so hectic and chaotic. And if I don't set aside time to be intentional to pray, it's many times something that I might overlook. And so I do, in my office, I have a prayer bench, a kneeling rail that my dad gave to me when I uh, first went into the ministry. Dad found this old prayer bench and had a a cushion prepared so that I would have a place to kneel down 
uh, and pray. And my dad said something to me then that taught, reminded me, uh, everybody needs to spend time on their knees in prayer. And I think when I get into that posture, it's not the most comfortable. It's not the most convenient thing to do sometimes, but it reminds me it's not about me. It's about surrender. And when I kneel at that rail, I'm taking that posture of surrender. And I'm surrendering, surrendering that time. I'm surrendering all to God in those moments of prayer. And so that's one of the ways that I try to practice my prayer life is every morning when I come into the church office, I try to take a, just a few moments and start my day there on my knees in prayer. Uh, how about yourself? Well, I'd say my prayer life is... Uh, dictated a lot about just the rhythm of my life. And so the most intentional time I have is each night before I put Ephraim to bed, we pray together. And we pray uh, as if I would pray in any context. I don't kind of, um, at first I would kind of simplify it so that Ephraim understood. But uh, as we've continued to do it, he has become more and more patient. And so I've added more and more. So I selfishly use that time to really talk to God. And each day when I come into the office, I try to have a prayer uh, shelf on my books, uh, in my bookcase. And I use the small trinkets or the things that people have given to me uh, along the journey in my ministry as a way to decorate that space so that it's sacred and it's set apart. It's like a visual reminder of me to be in a space and to be in a posture of prayer. And so even seeing it when I come in my office, uh, it gives me that uh, an opportunity to be intentional. And then if someone calls or I receive a message, um, it kind of takes me away from the busyness and into an intentional prayer space. Uh, and so I, I know, you know, when I come in the office and I take that, that quiet time intentionally uh, and then before bed, but as we've been studying and the walk, uh, actually, Pastor Adam Hamilton recommends you pray five times a day mm. when you rise, before each meal, and then before you go to bed. So I've challenged myself to begin to do that. And we sing the doxology before dinner each night. So that's another way that, that we engage. But it's been helpful to have that practice. Right. You know, when I, as an adult, came back to the faith, uh, learning to pray was something that was a little bit challenging for me, uh, especially when I'd heard such eloquent prayers. Sometimes you would hear somebody pray extemporaneously, and it would sound like they were quoting the King James mm -hmm. Version, and I, I thought, I don't have words like that. I don't know how to pray, and so I found a little prayer, and I would just pray that exact same prayer over and over and over again, and that would continuously be my prayer, But because uh, I didn't have confidence to write new words, and so I would just pray that same thing. And sometimes it almost felt like it was becoming so much of a ritual that the words were being recited but they weren't being prayed. And so I began to try to challenge myself to grow in how I would pray, the things that I would say to God in that prayer, the, the things that I would give him thanks for and to ascribe to him glory and honor. And so uh, through that, I really felt much more comfortable, like I was actually having a conversation with God. And to have a conversation with God means to allow space to hear from God, and that's something I think you recently have addressed, uh, spoken about the the silence. That sometimes we're afraid of the silence because we're afraid of what we might hear. 
yeah, I struggle with, you know, being in that quiet space. But also, you know, in my own experiences, my own prayer life has evolved. I know that same intimidation has, you know, in seminary, I would hear these people pray and, and worship. I just, where do they find these words? Um, and so that was something that very intimidating. And then, of course, I came across the passage in, in Romans, and, it, you know, when, when my words aren't there, the Holy Spirit intercedes. Yeah, yeah. And I take such great comfort in knowing that when I don't know what to pray, the Spirit knows what I need to pray. Um, but also that can go too far in entrusting the Spirit completely <laughs> to just do my praying for me. Uh, and so to find, you know, what do I pray? What do I say? Where do I start? Because uh, I know I, I've, I've been caught in those ruts of just having a, a laundry list or, or a laundry, a grocery list yeah. of things to, to ask God and tell God what I think God needs to do. And, and I think that that's out of balance too. And so I know that um, there are ways we can engage in prayer. There are ways that Jesus models for us to pray. And so maybe it would be helpful if we shared some of those uh, kind of opportunities and, and formula that you might be able to implement. Right. You know, we have the obvious prayers that Jesus offers in the scriptures, such as the Lord's Prayer. There's also the time that he petitions to God on behalf of the church, how God, Jesus prayed for you uh, there before his, uh, his ultimate betrayal and arrest and crucifixion. Uh, we think about the prayers from the cross when he cries out. You know, so many of those words. Uh, a couple of years ago, my wife and I, Jennifer and I, had a chance to go to the Holy Land and right around the Sea of Galilee. One of the favorite spots that I saw was uh, our tour guide pointed up on the hill to this one little cave. And all grass all around, but there's this one little cave. And she said, legend has it that that cave was one of the places that Jesus would retreat to in his own private time of prayer. And to just have a visual. To, to I know we see it in the scripture so many times about Jesus going off on his own to pray. Uh, but to have a visual of an actual place that maybe he had gone to. And it just reminds me, if it was that important for the Son of God, it's that important for us. And we, we know that Jesus wasn't always praying extemporaneously. He draws from the deep, uh, you know, well of of the scriptures, uh, and he prays those prayers. They don't come out of it, uh, out of nowhere. Right. Um, so, if you wanted to speak to that a little more, yeah. Uh, a few years ago, my mother in law was uh, facing a battle with cancer, and I remember in that time, uh, just corresponding with her and sharing with her. Uh, in particular, I shared with her the Psalms of Ascent. In the book of Psalms in the Bible, beginning with chapter 120 or Psalm 120, these are uh, songs that were sung by the Jews as they would begin to ascend the hill uh, to Jerusalem. Uh, as they were going there for the high holy days, as they were climbing those hills, there were these special songs that they would sing. One of those, Psalm 121, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I know probably everybody that's watching this has heard those words before, but those words are part of a prayer, a prayer that we're lifting up as we ascend. And we're currently in an uphill battle. We're in this frightening, scary time. And so praying the words of the psalm, 
These become a petition for us to God, but it's also ascribing that glory and honor to God. And uh, it's just one of the beautiful ways that I find that sometimes in my prayer life, when I don't have the words to say, Mm -hmm. the words are already written for me. And I've had a lot of seasons in my life where that will become my prayer time. I just read a psalm a day uh, until I I get through them. And and that's when we are, when we do feel like our cup is empty. That's such a a beautiful way to to have it filled. Um, Would you be willing to offer up a pastoral prayer for us? Sure. Let's pray. God of grace and God of mercy, the maker of the heavens and earth, from whom our help comes from. Lord, we thank you that you are a God that shows that grace and mercy to us in so many different ways. Right now, you're showing that love, grace, and mercy through the compassion of neighbors, through the phone calls and texts that maybe we've received from loved ones, reaching out, connecting us during a time of isolation. We give thanks for the way that you have demonstrated that to us and the way that we are able to continue to live that out for one another. Lord, when one struggles, we struggle with them. They are not alone. And I thank you for the reminder that today we are not alone and that you are already working to redeem all of our hurts. You are already working to redeem all the things that we're enduring right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you may continue to guide us. Help us to be the people that you have called us to be. The salt of the earth and the light of the world. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, why? Why that way? Where where do you... How do you have that inspiration as to what you pray when you pray? Right. I I think we always want to pray in such a way that we are sharing with God the the reality of the needs of our heart. You know, we can't hide anything from God. He already knows where our heart is. But I think as we pray, it's important that we offer to him praise. We, my daddy always said, before you ask for something else, you better say thanks for what you already got. <laughs> and so uh, that's always been a reminder to me that before I ever ask God for anything, that I'm going to say thank you and acknowledge what God has already done. And so we just listen to what the Spirit is saying within us and, and just offer that, surrender that to him. I've always found the uh, acronym ACTS really helpful, which A is for acknowledgement or adoration, telling God who God is. You know, in a way, you are the maker of heaven and earth. And uh, to give God God's due uh, when we come to him, you know, you better, you know, acknowledge who God is first. And then, and then uh, that confession. Um, and uh, I often offer thanksgiving before confession um, because I think, like you said, I, I, should, I should thank God for all the things that God has given to me before I start asking for, for, for the things that I, I, I need, that supplication. But that confession, uh, asking God to forgive me 
Um, and as I forgive other people, you know, I think that's part of confession too. And then that supplication piece, that asking God for those deep needs we have, um, the longings of our heart, but also the real petitions in our, in our lives. You know, when we pray for people who are ill, when we pray for people who need strength, um, there are so many petitions I know that are on our hearts right mm -hmm. now. Um, but in our study with the walk, and we did, like I said, we did prayer this week. There was a new one that uh, Adam Hamilton introduced to us, which was yielding. At the end of your prayer, you yield to God. Here I am, speak to me. And you open that space at the end um, for God to, to speak into your life, to, to listen. I think we talk way too much when we pray. <laughs> uh, and so that more meditative spirit of listening, which like I, you mentioned my Lenten reflection this week, yeah. it's hard for me to be still and to rest and to open myself to hear what God is saying. But uh, the more I do it, the better I become at it. And I've, you know, in my own life, I've implemented a lot of disciplines to try to open that space more. For me, I'm an extrovert. I like uh, to be engaged and silence scares me. And so I found that listening to prayer guided podcasts hmm. have just been life-changing. I listen to one called Slow, S-L-O, and they guide you in prayer and challenge you to think deeply about God's Word in a really meditative way. And then our, uh, we just had a recent women's retreat in February, and Caroline Vogel, who is uh, an Episcopalian priest, she has a podcast which is focused on um, meditation and listening to God. It's called uh, The Mindful Christian, and you can find that on uh, Apple, and I've been listening to that after one of our congregants shared that she'd been listening to it. Wow. Yeah, there's so many of those kind of opportunities, and we wanted to bring a few resources mm -hmm. today that we could begin to share just in case you're looking for something to help deepen your prayer walk. Uh, one of those resources that you have is the Bible. As I mentioned, there's, there's plenty of prayers found in there, and you can, uh, one of the ways of praying through it is to just read it. Over and over again. I know one of my spiritual disciplines had been at one time, I had one psalm that I would read every week. Uh, the same one every day. And it was amazing that after the fourth day uh, of reading the exact same scriptures, uh, something new would jump out. I mean, every day, something different. And so I, that's one of the ways. But uh, we brought a few of those resources today that we wanted to maybe share and just offer to you if you're interested uh, because commerce is still happening and you can order something from the safety of your own home. You might be able to even download mm -hmm. some of these resources. Uh, one of the resources that I have had as a part of my spiritual journey is a simple little book that's put out by the Upper Room Press. It's called A Guide to Prayer. Um, and in this, there are scripture readings for every day. And there are prayers that are a part of every day. And then also different writings that you can reflect upon in your prayer time. And this has been such a beautiful part of my journey because it gives me words that I'm not used to reading. And it gives me prayers that I'm not used to praying. And it helps me reflect even more about the words that I'm actually using as I pray. And so this has been one of those resources. It's simply called a guide to prayer that I've really benefited from. And for me, I mentioned Gorillas of Grace is one I love. And I just 
they're not marked by any day or time. The guide to prayer gives you the mm-hmm. day to do it, um, but it's just a beautiful uh, guide to prayer. There are several that um, one of my favorite um, prayer warriors and pastors is a woman named Jan Richardson. Again, she's another United Methodist clergy woman, um, but she has written several uh prayer books, and they do follow the days and the seasons, especially the liturgical seasons. So um, in the Sanctuary of Women is a companion reflection and prayer uh, that you can follow along each day. And then Sacred Journeys is a woman's book of daily prayer. And this will give you the the day, um, each day based on the liturgical calendar. So right now we're in the season of Lent, and so I've been reading through uh, her Lenten passages, and it's been a really helpful grounding um, so that I don't start from scratch every single day. There have been so many people who have poured their lives into prayer and have created such a, a wealth of what we can draw on. And so, and then of course, um, Phyllis Tickle is a, a woman who uh, is from the Anglican Episcopalian tradition, and she has, uh, she is unfortunately passed away a few years ago, but has written um, The Divine Hours, and it is a book for every season. And so the one I pulled out today is a prayer for prayers for springtime. Mm. And again, it gives you the exact day, and it gives you an opportunity to pray six times a day. So, Right. Well, another resource that I found really helpful isn't one that necessarily has prayers to read, but it helps me reflect upon every part of my life and how that can be a part of, the, of prayer. Uh, it's called Liturgy of the Ordinary by Tish Harrison Warren, and she breaks down every different part of your ordinary day and how that can become a spiritual practice. Uh, chapter one, waking and uh, making the bed, brushing teeth, losing keys, uh, goes through an ordinary day and how that can be a, a part of our prayer life, how that can be a part of our spiritual discipline and making sure that we see God even in the ordinary. And so that's Liturgy of the Ordinary, which has been really a reflective, uh, a great book. It even has a prayer that she shares. I won't share it, but uh, a, that observant Jews pray after they use the bathroom. So that, that was an interesting prayer. Wow. Uh, and so that's a neat one to, to just reflect upon that every part of our lives uh, can somehow be related and connected back to God. Well, I thought maybe uh, today we could uh, end with the prayer appointed for the week from uh, Phyllis Tickle's Prayers for Springtime. And it's really short, so I thought we might be able to say it together. And uh, when I said she offers six times, there's three times that she offers, and then, of course, the three meals. So six opportunities during the day. Uh, But they're very short. uh, And so we'll pray it together. And uh, we hope that you'll join us as well. Gracious Gracious Father, Father, whose whose blessed blessed Son, Jesus Jesus Christ, Christ, came came down down from from heaven heaven to be the the true true bread which which gives gives life to the world. Evermore, give me this bread, that he may live in me and I in him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks so much for watching this. We hope that this has helped you in your prayer journey, and we look forward to sharing some other ways that you can grow closer to God. If you like this podcast, check out our website, orangemethodist.org. 
where you can find sermons, upcoming events, and ways to give. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again soon.